I am Daniel Lukies, and welcome to Book 101. Book 101 is all about the books that I read for the last 40 years, and today I have my special guest. He's the author of Servants of the Moon and Sun, no other than Mr. Joel Flanagan, Granny Man. Thank you for, for for having me today. I'm glad I'm glad to be here. Yes, and Mr. Joel, thank you for coming back. And we're gonna talk about your latest book. Let's do the recap of the the books that we talked about last time. Yeah, we talked about the first two books in my series, which are Talia, Heir to the Fair Realm, which is book one, and then Talia on the Shore of the Sea, which is book two. And the third, this third book, um, Fairy Court in Exile, is a continuation of of that series. It takes at the end of book two, the character, a bunch of characters, go off in different directions, and this follows the fairies that stay behind. Yes, the, your new book, Fairy Court in Exile. Correct. This is the continuation of the book that we talk about. Yes, it follow it, it as I said, it follows the fairies that stay behind and it's more it's there's the beginning it's also covers the beginning of the fairy civil war between the fairies who stay faithful to Talia as the new queen and her regent Titania fighting against the former queen's um, sisters who have have who have in a bloody coup have disposed the the former queen but it also follows um, Min and Eleanor's journey as being thrust into the situation of becoming defenders of the mountain but also they have to deal with their own traumas and insecurities and move themselves into being leaders and because they were just former ladies of Talia, now they're being thrust into this bigger, bigger role and a lot more trust and a lot more lives are counting on what they do. Congratulations, Mr. Joel, for the new book, Fairy Court in Exile. What are your struggles in writing with? Struggles? Um, there, there, there's a lot of struggles. Um, one is finding, finding readers, finding people who will enjoy the story, but all and but also connecting with them, trying to find trying to find those people who know will like your books, who you know will enjoy the stories, which are it's an epic fantasy, but it also deals with a lot of character issues, a lot of character growth and family and personal issues, and just finding the finding those readers because it's a little bit of a niche genre, but it also can expand out. My my wife commented after we got a bunch of reviews that people who don't like fantasy seem to like your books. So that, that's kind of one of the things also that, that we're looking. That's, that's a struggle that all writers and all everybody from writing a couple books to build hundreds of books and series runs into is finding those readers, finding those people who will really appreciate what you write. What will be this book all about? Is this a series, a quartet, or a trilogy? 
No, it's it's a long, winding series. Um, I kind of think of it in terms of arcs. The first two books are the beginning arc of this of the series, and then they're gonna it breaks up into several other arcs because there's gonna be the arc of the fairies as they continue to fight the the civil war. There's also gonna be the arc of some of the characters head off into this area we call the Exile Forest, which is a place of, re of refuge for a lot of half fairies and humans, and we'll follow them as they go through their life. And then we'll also have an arc of Talia and her journey trying to find her daughter and trying to reconcile what's, what she has done and what happened, because what, she, a lot of things happen to her, and she does a lot of things in the first, in the first, in the second book. A lot of how she's dealing with that and moving forward, and then and then all these arcs will kind of come together and bring these. All these characters will be apart, and then they'll come gradually come together, and we'll go go from there. I have the first the first couple books in the Exile Forest arc written. And I have some of the next um, books in Talia's, some of the story of Talia's uh, written, but not all of that. So it's going to be a long winding series. So I hope, hopefully people will stick around. Yes, definitely. So Joel, can you read the prologue of your latest book? The prologue um, is titled uh, The Night of Black Wings. Glaive could take no more. Before him, two soldiers of air, their, their blue uniforms, almost purple with blood, held the arms of a struggling shrine keeper. Her leather wings battered them, but they held her tight, forcing her to her knees. They will be buried, a sergeant declared, his hands still dripping with the blood of the two shrine keepers he had just killed. The blood from their slit throats joined that of the dead they had been trying to take back to the shrine of the goddess. Curse you, the kneeling shrine keeper swore, her voice rising above the fighting. They should be burned. There's nothing you can do about it, old woman, the sergeant taunted. He spun the bloody dagger in his hands and then pointed at her. Join your pitiful keepers. Fire, Glaive sent. Wow. Sounds interesting, Mr. Jowells. How did you craft it, uh, the latest book? The prologue is, is something that happens during, in kind of toward the end of book two but we don't see we don't see it from that that point of view of the point of view of glaive who's a soldier and the shrine keeper so we don't see that and that that pro so that prologue was something i wrote really early on pretty much once i had finished book two and it just came to me in a flash it was this, this very very visceral moment in this in the in the battle and no it was no more of a battle it was more it was the it was the bloody coup of the false sisters and they're killing everybody using these black blades which are which will almost instantly kill any fairy it, it it cuts so that was that was the prologue and i had it it goes it, it, it's a really it's a it's a very a very heroic moment for these soldiers as they stand up against this mob that is trying to overwhelm them and then from there the the book is about three months after the end of book two and you're seeing how life is for the fairies who stayed behind and their troubles and trials and trying to resist these um, hateful and bloody false sisters who are trying to 
pretty much turn on its head everything the fairies have always have always stood for and how they are resisting it and how they are gathering allies and how they move and again again trying to move forward and how they are holding down their points of resistance various strongholds across their across the fairy realm and how the, the the false sisters are fighting back against them against these what they call what she they call rebels of course and it it's it's taking these characters putting them into the situations and seeing how they react i, I had an idea of where the arc of the book would go and it would end it would there would be a big battle in the middle and then the the repercussions of that battle so you know i followed the characters so it's wow that's the way i write interesting mr joel but before we go on i want to shout out to the people listening in greece uh thank you greece for listening in attica i got 86 percent audiences central macedonia at seven percent crete at four percent and last but not the least east macedonia and thrace at four percent thank you greece after i saw paul lee for listening to this podcast because this podcast is created to empower writers all over the world like mr joel flanagan Graniman. so mr joel fairy court in exile what behind the title of your third book of the series servants of the moon and sun well, it's actually, it wasn't the first title I had. I had something else in mind that I, it was a placeholder title that I couldn't, didn't quite know what to do with. But it's something my wife came up with, actually, because it comes up in the actual text of the book a couple times. And Titania says it a couple times, well, this is our fairy court in exile. And I refer to the fairy court in exile throughout that's what it, that is the fairies at the mountain. So it just became, my wife was like, why don't you just call the book that? So we did. <laughs> Yes, and congratulations again. What are the green color signifies to your cover book? Uh, green is one of our favorite colors. Um, green is also one of the one of Talia's colors, one of the colors of the air and uh, the air of the fairy realm. And it also just looked really good. And if you look at the cover, you can see that there's two swords. They signify the 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 um, civil war that's going on and you'll notice that there are blue and red ge gems in the hilt of one sword and green and purple in the other so the the red and blue ones are the colors of the false sisters and the green and purple ones are the colors of the fairy court in exile or the or the, the fairies who stay true to the queen so mr joel if you want to uh, go back and revise part of the book you want to revise I think we did a really good job. My wife and I, my wife is my editor, working together, working on it. Um, I think we went over the battle scene that happens toward the end, toward the kind of ending middle of the, of the book. And I think there's some port, parts of that that could be a little stronger. Um, there's also parts, there's a big kind of magical battle toward the and kind of the beginning i think that could have been a little stronger but i'm really proud of what we did really proud of the characterization really proud of the conversations because that's one of the things that i focus on in my writing is characters talking to each other and that's how you you know how you move the plot forward so i'm very proud of that 
I mean, there's 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 sentences and there's paragraphs that may have been a little tighter, could have been a little better, but at some point you kind of got to stop the editing and tinkering with things because you're just gonna you've kind of reached a point where anything more you do is just gonna make it worse. It's just gonna not and it's not gonna or or it's not gonna help at all. So I, I overall I'm really proud of the book. Yes. So how many days or months you wrote this book? Fairy Court in Exile. I think it took me about, it's a kind of, it's a really short book. It's about three, a um, little more than 300 pages. Um, it took me maybe four or five months to write. And then I set it aside and worked on other things. While my wife was recording the audio for book two. And we set it aside for almost another six months or so before we started editing it. And it took about about three or four months um, solid editing it chapter by chapter. We go through the whole book one chapter at a time, edit those, and then we go back, start again, work on, you know, again, working on it chapter by chapter. And that took us about you know, three or four months to go through that. And then she started recording the audiobook. So, and then it came out on September 23rd, which was last Saturday. Yes. Congratulations again. Fairy Court in Exile, what do you think? The flaws. Hmm. You're really asking me some hard questions this morning. <laughs> for the next series. <laughs> oh, the Servants of the Moon and Sun. For sure you have a book forthcoming. Um, I, I, let me think. I Maybe the one flaw. Let me answer that, that previous question first. Um, Maybe some of the one of the flaws is I really didn't work on the point of view of the villains a lot. You see them in in glimpses at ends of chapters. You see the effects they have on everything on everything, but you never really get their point of view. And maybe I should have worked a little bit more on that. But I really wasn't when I was writing this book. I really wasn't in the mood to get into the heads of my villains that much because they're doing horrible things and they're doing really brutal things and I re just really didn't want to get into their headspace at that moment so I focused on my heroes focused on the protagonists and what they did and what how they're fighting against this evil so maybe some people could see that as a flaw but I I, I don't really just because it's that's where the story led me and I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't interested in focusing on the villains because it's not their story it's the, it's the heroes it's the protagonists whose story it is very well said, Mr. Joel. So, Fairy Court and Exile, let's talk about the protagonists. Um, the main protagonists are Min, who is one of who is one of the one of Tali's ladies. She's a what um she's a she's one of the fairies who was a former lady of Tal of Talia's and she's now she becomes a paramount, which is the fairy word for magic user or focusing on using the fairy power. And she, she along with Eleanor, who was another one of Talia's ladies, her her second um, was her Talia's second in command in in a way. And the two the two of them are working working together to create the magical defenses for the mountain. And along with her, there's the Regent Titania, who was the former Queen's Justice of. Tali's mother, who was the who was the former queen, who was killed in the bloody coup 
that the that the false sisters, her sisters, um, that end the bloody coup that ends book two, and her her role is again to take the to be temporarily the leader of the fairies, leader of all these fairies who stay true to the um, to the queen, to the to all the beliefs, and fighting against the perversion of the fairy way that the false sisters have are are pushing forward. Um, there's Titania, there's Min and Eleanor, um, Captain Shatterstaff, who comes back. She is there as pretty much the war leader or the the main leader of the of the fight the the, the fighting fairies, and a bunch of the other um, characters still are are around. The ones that haven't gone off in separate 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 ways, um, either following Talia or going off into the exile forest. And there are also a couple characters who make appearances that were in book one and book two that show up. And it, it's, it's, it's really fun to take these characters and put new, put them in new situations or put them in situations where you know how they react and some of them you don't know how they react. So it's, re, it's really fun. I, that's one of the things I love is creating these characters and putting them in these situations and seeing how they react. And sometimes they'll surprise me. Sometimes they won't, but sometimes they do. It's, it's, it's one of the best things about being a writer. Definitely. Mr. Joel, Servants of the Moon and Sun, do you think this is good for a series or a motion picture or an anime? I think it would be good um, animated because there was so much um, with the fairies. They have all have wings. So that would be something you'd have to CG in, CGI in if you were doing it live action. So an animated story, animated movie or a series, a series would be much better because I kind of see these books as individual seasons in a TV show. So I think an anime would, an anime, animation in some way would be the best way to do these. Yes, I love it. Just like the X-Men anime, I love it. And probably if this become one of anime, this so super, super cool. Out there, people, let's support Mr. Joel, Fairy Court, or the Servants of the Moon and Sun. Let's make this uh, anime or whatever in the series. I hope this will become one of Amazon Prime or Apple TV Plus. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> be great. Yes. And so, Mr. Joel, Fairy Court in Exile, what else you can say about it? I think it's a really fun book. It's got some moments of really, really, it's got some really good action in it. I'm not, I'm not that focused on action, but I do, when it, when it, when it's called for, of course, I'll have, I'll have some action in it with, I'll tell you this funny story of, friend of mine a co-worker was re was beginning to read the book and she was she caught me the next day and said joel what's up with all the blood and all the blood and violence in the beginning of the book because <laughs> it kind of it caught her off guard and i told her well it's the it's it's in the middle of a civil war this is the beginning of a civil war it's a blood it was a bloody and brutal time it's it shows the blood and brutality of these of the antagonists and she was like oh okay but she's and i told her well don't don't worry you can get through that and the next couple chapters will settle down a bunch into the the emotional the emotional and character dramas and the next day she said okay yeah it did settle down a bit so i'm off the hook with her a little bit 
Yes. So, Mr. Jarrell, how did you connect like, the book one, book two, and book three of The Servant of the Moon and Sun? Um, book two, book one and book two were written together. So book one ends in a cliffhanger and it pretty much takes up within book two. And so they, they're pretty much one story all in, in, in two books. And then at the end of book two, um, the characters stay, as I said, go off in various directions. And it's the characters who stay behind at the Exile Queen's Mountain, which becomes a stronghold for this resistance to the False Sisters. Those characters who stay behind, that, those are the ones we, we, get to know and we get to know more about in book three. Yes, and thank you, listen notes, for my latest scores of 26 and belong to 10% popular show globally. Thank you, listen notes, and of course, Fitzpat. Thank you for being the number seven best art book podcast you must follow in 2023. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast. Mr. Joel Fairycourt in exile, what are your expectations? I just want the people who have read the first couple book, the first two books to read this next one and enjoy it and and follow the characters as they move as they move forward. I want to get new readers. I want to get more people invested in these characters because I love these characters so much. They have I put so much of my beliefs and heart and soul into these characters. There are pieces of me scattered through all these characters and to have people read them and enjoy them and enjoy the story and to follow their story and get invested in these characters. That's all really all I want is for people to, you know, to to learn about these characters that I love so much and to follow their journeys along with me. Mr. Joel, how did you craft these characters? In a way, they, a lot of them fit needs, the needs in the story. For example, um, Eleanor, who is who in the book one and book two, is Talia's second, is her right, is her right-hand fairy, and she, she fills those needs, fills those needs in that character. But she's also, she's also got a lot of emotional and emotional trauma from her upbringing. She had a very domineering and very critical mother. And you meet Lanor's mother in this book a little bit more than you did in the first couple books, and you that that dynamic between mother and daughter was very important for for this relationship. So that's how I crafted that and taking experiences from my own life, not with my own mother, of course, but in other people's relationships that I've witnessed and known a little bit about, took bits of those those characters I knew from real life and put them into Lanor and Celia's relationship so that and that's how that's how a lot of writers work well I don't I won't speak for all the writers I will speak for myself and that's how I craft my characters I take little bits of my experience or experience that I know about and put them into these characters and sometimes it gets amplified or sometimes it gets it and becomes more than what taking one single single thing about these characters and it becomes becomes their whole becomes a bit of their whole personality so and so that's that's kind of how i do that so in your writing fairy court in exile is there a classic novel that you want to emulate uh, classic novel no not really um 
I mean, I obviously from some of the names, I love Tolkien, but I never could. I don't think I could ever write like that. I'm not really trying to emulate anybody. There are lots of homages and references to other things, but this is my story. This is what I've written. I think if I want to emulate anybody's success, I would think of um, Robert Jordan and the Wheel of Time, which takes on this very expansive story through, I think it's 13 or 14 books. Yes. So maybe it, maybe that would be the best one I'm emulating because now that I'm thinking about it, the characters do go off in various different directions and you have books that focus on one characters and you don't pick up with the other characters till the next book. So maybe that would be a good, that'd be good. That would be a good answer. Definitely. Very well said, Mr. Joel. How well can you please invite our listeners to buy all your books? <laughs> yes, please buy all my books. If you go to my website, which is at servantsofthemoonandsun.com, you'll see links to all my the, all the Amazon all the Amazon links. Um, you'll see links to my socials. I'm on Twitter and I'm on Blue Sky right now. I've just joined that within the last couple months, so I've been enjoying the community over there. Um, I've got a newsletter that comes out on the sick on the second and the sixteenth of each month that focuses on bits and bits of my writing journey, bits, bits of personal stuff, a lot of cat pictures. We love our cats. We have two cats. So you'll see, you'll see a lot of that. So those are the three places you can find me. I'll be on, I'm on Twitter. I'm on blue sky and sign up for my mailing for my newsletter. And you'll get information every week, every, um, every couple, two weeks, excuse me. I don't spam you. It's not a lot. It's not a lot. It's not a long email. It's just basic. Yep, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm working on. This is what's coming up. Here's some cat pictures. Well, what are your message for those aspiring writers out there that are procrastinating? Finish the story. Don't finish the book. Finish the short story. Finish whatever it is you're working on because you can't edit something that's not done. You can go back and you can work on that first chapter for months, for years. You can work on half of the first half of the book for months and years but if you don't finish it there's nothing you can there's you, you can't edit it and you need to see that full story the first draft is telling the story to yourself learning who the characters are learning what the world is learning what your plot is learning what the the, the adventures your characters are going to go on finish that story because again you can't edit something that's not there and just keep Focus on your story. You have a unique perspective. No one is going to tell your story exactly the same. It is your story. Tell it. And if only a couple people love it, then only a couple people love it. And you have told that story to yourself. You have told it to your friends. You've told it to your family. Get that story out there because someone who you may not even know yet will love that story and that those characters will become their favorite characters and you will change their lives in ways that you don't understand at this moment. But until you get that story finished, you can't do anything with it. And that was my wife was kept saying to me, finish it, finish it. We can't edit it until we finish it. So get that story on, get that story on the electronics, get it on paper, F figure, finish it, finish it in whatever way works best for you. 
inspiring message people yes stop procrastinating and finish it let's uh share to the world and who knows you are one of the best in the making right mr jawal thank you uh, very much thank you for your time mr jawal thank you very much for having me i really appreciate it i really enjoy talking talking about this, these stories because i love my characters Yes, people, let's support Mr. Joel Flamigan Braniman because if you support him, more books to come. Body come, people. See you soon.